0: What's up, everybody? It's another episode of Chasin' Birdies here with Ryan Bashauer, my co-host Jonathan Pepe. Yes, sir. And we are excited today, man. We got Aaron Murray here on the podcast, former Georgia quarterback. What better time to have a Georgia Bulldog than right now? They're number one in the country. Number one in the country, man. And And,
1: and Aaron uh, set some records when he played at the University of Georgia. No, he has. Most touching... (laughs) <laughs> most touching of the referees, uh, most touchdown passes ever in the SEC. So that means Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, yep. Tim Couch, Jared Lorenzen, RIP. Mm-hmm. Take a seat, boys. And no,
0: that that's such a crazy. That's a crazy stat to stats that if you think exactly. about it, like Peyton
1: Manning. I mean Peyton Manning and Eli Manning alone. Then you go down the list of the SEC
0: quarterbacks that have played. There you go. It's Pretty impressive that it this is. guy. It is. And you know what, dude? After we got to look at his swing a little bit more in detail, man, my man's got a good golf swing.
1: Really, really athletic golf swing. Maybe you should post that video. I mean, if he, if he okays that people could kind of see his video. Yeah. uh, And see the swing and and send suggestions
0: in for the old man. Yeah. I feel bad for the old boy. You know, he tried, uh, we we tried to get him on a couple courses on his little West Coast swing, but uh, to no avail. But keep trying, Aaron. We will get you on somewhere at some point. But it's just the golf world, you know? I mean, um,
1: right now it's it's really difficult, and uh, there's nothing golf now can't fix.
0: <laughs> Is that an ad? Uh,
1: that's no, no
0: free ad- advertisements. Well, we, I tell you, we had a good time with uh, the last weekend. If y'all were following us here on on the social handles, we had a good time with uh, shooting some footage and videos, recording a podcast. up in and and you know, we'll be bringing all that content to you over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Good there's stuff.
1: there's a lot of great stuff, and uh, the boys are going to be doing a new song for
0: Chasing Birdies. Oh, so, man. I mean,
1: hey, dude, maybe maybe we come out with a CD sometime.
0: Yeah, bud. Oh, man, Schwinn, he's going to, Schwinn's going to hang me.
1: Well, you can break that to him.
0: Uh, you've already broken it to him <laughs> this week, so. We'll tell him yeah. over dinner. <laughs> but now, let's get it going. Let's uh, roll
1: it right into Aaron Murray, and, uh, you know, he threads the needle on the field.
0: Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.
1: I like to think that sometimes I thread the needle in the fairway. But
0: oh, we'll see you today between the trees. Enjoy this one. As you all know by now, Chasing Birdies is proud to be partners with Holderness and Bourne. Check them out online at hbgolf.com. Holderness and Born makes fabulous pieces to help you look good on the course even if your game is not up to par. Check out their new arrivals now for this golf season. Also, head on over to chasenbirdies.com to get some custom chasing birdie gear from Holderness and Bourne. We'll continue to drop these pieces through every season. That's chasingbirdies.com and Holderness and Bourne at hbgolf.com. Alright man, we got uh, cooler air. Crisper mornings, and that's synonymous with football,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
0: what a better way to kick off this episode today than with former Georgia quarterback Aaron Murray. Aaron, how you doing, man?
2: What's going on? I, I, I'm in Houston, so I'm, I'm wishing there was some cooler weather oh. uh, right now here, but Atlanta, where my home is, I can definitely feel that, that Christmas in the air, which is, to <laughs> me, obviously, growing up playing football it just means it's football season. And and cooler weather, not sorting my butt off and dying in that humidity.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Well, you live in Atlanta, and one of my favorite golf courses is right there in uh, on Peachtree Drive, Peachtree Golf Club. Yeah, it's a great yeah, one.
2: Yeah, that place is that place is unreal. I've I've been twice, and both times it took me. Uh, Probably driving around the golf course twice just to find the entrance because it's kind of hidden. It's like you better you you have to know where it is to know where it is. And I'm like, where is this damn place? I'm just trying to get in. But yeah, I'm like five, I'm like five minutes from there. It's like, it's unreal.
1: Oh, that's what I tell people when you pull in the in between those bushes, you feel like the bushes seal back up behind you.
2: Yeah. Go, the goal in life is to be a member of Peachtree before like age forty, forty-five.
1: All right, bud. Hey, hey. goal is chasing birdies. That's You're chasing to chasing get to birdies. chasing to get there, and we'll be your first guest. I'm America's guest, Aaron. You'll f- come to find this out once we get to know each other. Uh, I wiggle my way into a lot of situations.
2: <laughs> well, have you guys? Have you have you played down or Ansley in that in Atlanta?
0: No.
1: Yes, set and Down. I have oh, played yeah. set and down. Uh Last time I played Peachtree was with Brandon, my buddy. And uh, setting down is awesome.
2: Yeah, so we're members. My wife and I have Ansley, so we have two courses. We have the in-town course right there at Midtown, and then we also have Sendown, which is up in Roswell. Which, in my opinion, I I you know call me biased, but I think it's the, the hardest golf course in Atlanta. Peachtree is great. Uh, it's pretty wide open. Sendown, it is grueling. It's long, very unforgiving off the of tee. Uh, really challenging golf course, beautiful golf course, as, as you know, Yeah. very, very challenging.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm looking here at your college stats and you threw for over 13,000 yards in your career at Georgia and 121 touchdowns with apparently are both SEC records. So, you know, tell us a little bit about your early on career in football. I know you got drafted in 2014 uh, by Kansas city. Uh, but what was the career like starting out the gate in Georgia?
2: Well, I'm a Florida boy originally. I, I grew up in Tampa, uh, played all the sports. Actually, football was the last sport I played. My mom just refused. And, and my brother, who's actually a better athlete than I am, she never let him play. He, he's older. He's six years older. And, you know, I just I played soccer. I played baseball. I played basketball. And I just kept begging my mom, like, come on, just let me play, let me play, let me play. Finally, I, I was like 10 years old. She let me finally suit it up and fell in love with football right away. And played in high school, you know, kind of during my sophomore year, I decided just to focus solely on football and gave up the other sports. And and was lucky enough to get some great scholarships out of high school. I uh, had a great high school career. Uh, we, really tremendous program at Plant High School there. Won a couple of state championships. I had probably one of the best coaches in the state of Florida, Robert Weiner. And 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 it was tough leaving Florida. First off, uh, I think a lot of people expected me to stay in state be uh you know be a be a gator uh i kind of flipped the script went to georgia lost out on on some of my favorite restaurants in tampa that would hook me up with some great food before games as soon as i came make georgia (laughs) they no longer uh serve me my favorite chicken parmesan but i still go back there i just gotta pay for it (laughs) and i had a great time in Athens i don't know if you guys have ever been but Athens is is one of the greatest College towns in america the 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 fans are great, the students are awesome the campus is gorgeous. downtown is a blast stadium, Sanford stadium right there in the middle of campus and and just had a great time as a, as a student uh, obviously a great time as a as, a, as an athlete there in the football team. Uh, we had some really fun seasons and really fortunate enough to be a starter for four years. you know a lot of guys don't get that chance to be a starting quarterback at an SEC team for four years. The timing worked out perfectly. I took advantage of it, uh, both on and off the field, and 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 I had a lot of great memories there in Athens.
1: I had a good friend of mine played football at Georgia Tech from '04 to '06, and I went to the UGA Georgia Tech game at UGA, and it was wild. Between those hedges, man, it's it's crazy there. I mean, it is it is an awesome experience at the University of Georgia, that's for sure. And like you said, there's not too many people that get to, number one, play college sports, okay? Number two, get to play in an SEC school. Number three, be an absolute stud at his position. So whenever you were coming into the University of Georgia, were was, did you have the mindset, I'm coming in to be a starter right out of the gate, or was it kind of a let's just wait and see what happens and let me feel out. Cause a lot of people say, you know, from high school to college is such a big difference. And then the college, to the NFL game is a huge difference too. So what was your thinking going into that?
2: Well, so when I first committed Stafford was the quarterback and, you know, Stafford was heading into his junior year when I was heading into my senior year of high school. So I was thinking that, Hey, I'm committing who knows if Stafford stays or leaves, but you know, I honestly would love for him to stay, you know, get the, learn behind Matthew Stafford for a season, then hopefully earn a starting spot and then take over from there. Um, he obviously went on to the NFL, but Joe Cox, who'd been in the system for five years, he was going to be a redshirt senior, knew the playbook inside and out. So, you know, obviously you want to go in there and compete, but, you know, redshirting is, is, was one of the best things that happened to me, to be able to sit back, watch Joe do his thing, a guy that knew the offense inside and out. Uh, I was also coming back from a pretty nasty injury my senior year of high school. I, I broke my leg right in half. So mm. big fat defensive lineman landed on me, snapped my leg, mm. and I still have a plate and three screws in my ankle, uh lower leg right now. I broke my, my tibia. So, you know, I was coming back from that, still trying to gain strength in my legs, my lower half. And so that that year was really good for me to so learn the playbook, learn the speed of the game, be the you know, the scout team quarterback so I was able to really judge, okay. What passes can I can I make against SEC defenses? How tight are these you know windows as well? The SEC defenses, especially at that time, were were the best defenses in college football. So it was a really a beneficial year for me to to take advantage of that. Uh, then the next season it was a battle between Zach Benenberger, Logan Gray, uh, who ended up actually you know moving on and being a receiver for us, and myself. And it was it was great competition back and forth all spring. And really healthy competition and, and unfortunately for Zach, Zach actually had some off the field issues, which he actually ended up getting dismissed from the from the university. Mm. And for those who don't know, Zach went on to a JUCO, then transferred and played at LSU and then was in the NFL at the same time as me as well with the Tennessee Times and then I believe the Chargers. But long answer brought down to yes, it was great for me to you know, I knew when I came into Georgia that I was gonna have a chance to start early. Based on kind of who they had. You know, one of the things that deterred me away from going to Florida was the fact that I went to a meeting at Florida and they had Tebow, they right. had Cam Newton, and they had John Brantley. So they had a lot of quarterbacks and young quarterbacks too between Cam and John Brantley, both being freshmen.
1: A couple when decent guys there. Rising
2: senior, yeah. So when I looked at Georgia, I was like, okay, they have Stafford, but he's going to be on his way out. Joe Cox is on his way out. And really, they didn't do a great job of recruiting after those guys. Mm-hmm. So it was really to me, an opportunity to get in there, learn the playbook. And, and then obviously have a start opportunity to, to, to possibly be a four year starter.
1: That's the thing people don't understand is sec football. There is nothing like it. I, I know Ryan's been to the Auburn, Alabama game at Auburn, but there it's crazy, man. It's 65,000 people for a college football game.
0: Oh dude. Yeah.
1: So,
2: 65, for, there's 95,000 people for a college football game. Sorry that, was, that,
1: sorry, that was at Marshall University where I attended. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, it was more like right. 18,000, bud. I mean, um, Marshall, Marshall has a tremendous, I, I actually I've had an opportunity to cover three or four games. I love going there. I think those fans are some of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. They. I mean, it's not obviously a giant stadium, but they, they love, love it. them some third. Yeah. Uh, um, some of that football there. Yeah, so, so
1: so when you're a freshman or after your redshirt year, you start playing, I mean, is it kind of one of those things like pinch me? Uh, I'm leading the Georgia Bulldogs out of this tunnel right now, and, and we're playing some of the biggest games. And that's the thing with the SEC is it's not like you're playing a weak team every other week. It's you better strap your helmet up and, and be ready week after week in the SEC.
2: Oh, yeah, you got to be ready. It was, I mean, that first time running out the, the, the tunnel in Sanford Stadium my freshman year. When I knew I was going to be the starter, and there's, I think we have 93,000 people screaming and yelling, and you're like, Jeez. holy smokes, God. this is awesome. And then obviously, you go to your first away game. My first away game was at South Carolina the following week, and you got you know, 80, 90,000 people screaming while you're trying to call a play. And the, the ah. hurdles of just trying to communicate with your offensive line, your defense, or your offensive line, your Receivers, your running backs. So I'm like, oh my god, I'm not gonna have a voice after this game because I'm uh-huh. screaming, you know, nonstop. It's fun though, it, it, you know, to be to be able to go to some of these stadiums, to go to Tennessee, to go to Auburn, to go to South Carolina. Obviously, playing in our stadium is just absolutely beautiful. We had a chance to play a couple of SEC championship games down there in Atlanta as well. So. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the best of the best, yeah. and, and I saw a, Vibe. a Instagram the other day from ESPN just posting the the amount of players in the NFL from certain power five conferences, and as we all know, the SEC has by far the most players represented in the NFL, so you knew every single mm-hmm. week you were playing against guys that were going to play be playing in the NFL, which made those games even more fun to, to be a part of.
0: Well, I know we're excited up here in Pittsburgh with our, our boy, Najee Harris, uh, leading the pack for us this year. So that'll be fun to watch him unfold his NFL career here. Getting back to 95,000 people, I can imagine you, Pep, hitting a tee shot in front of 10 people. I mean, could you imagine <laughs> going in front of 90,000 people? ADHD, I'd be screaming squirrel. I mean,
1: <laughs> I couldn't. That's, the th- that's what people don't understand, too, Aaron, is like you, when somebody has a bad game, you're a college kid. It's like you're intentionally doing still a this. kid. Yeah, and that's the mm-hmm. thing that I think, again, when you go to somewhere like Georgia, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you better have some thick skin to play in a program like that right out of the gate.
2: Well, yes, yeah, social media that's, that's the biggest thing I try to tell these kids like, don't read the press clippings. Well, it's, you know, obviously, you don't want to read bad stuff, but you also don't want to read good stuff either because then you right. try to getting fool yourself. You know, you go out there and throw four or five touchdowns and you know, you start reading. The, I don't know if you guys watch the show Ted Lasso, uh, which is absolutely awesome show. So if you, yeah. you guys haven't, you need to. But one of the assistant coaches called some great call, and you know all of a sudden now he's getting all these press clippings, and he can't get off his phone. He's looking at himself on Twitter and Instagram, and <laughs> starts being a, a you know a d bag to the players because he thinks he's so high and mighty. So I mean, good and bad. You just gotta stay away from all of it. Just focus on what you need to focus on. Yep. Keep working hard, but it's hard. It really is because, you know, the noise is loud. One way or the other, the noise is loud. It's hard to avoid it. You feel the pressure. But, you know, at the end of the day, as long as you know that you're doing whatever you can and and working as hard as you can, which was always my thing, um, generally the outcome is good. But it's occasionally bad. But I I still slept well at night knowing that hey, I gave 110% Mm -hmm. on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every single week Mm -hmm. and, and gave it my all.
0: And now college landscapes change a little bit with, with some of these players being paid on on these, I don't know if it's advertisements or however that thing works out. But, I mean, that's got to get to some of their heads as well. I, I heard one of the Ohio State football players, is he making like a million bucks a year on some endorsement deal?
2: Mm-hmm. I yeah, heard. He's supposed to be a rising, rising senior in high school who you know decided to skip out on his senior year of so high school, go to Ohio State to compete, they didn't win the starting job, but still is getting a 1.5 million dollar year, over million dollars. Uh, I think, I believe, split up over three years from a car company. Wow! Not even the starting quarterback.
0: I just don't. Paid.
2: I just yeah. don't. I don't know.
1: Again, that's one of those debates. Everybody's gonna have an opinion about players getting uh, uh, paid, and I just think, you know what? I, I played golf in college. That uh, and scholarship was taken care of, and I was very happy that I don't have any debt coming out of school. Right. Um, if you're an offensive lineman, and your quarterback's making one point five million dollars, and you're not making anything, it's kind of like, well, what, what the hell am I doing here?
2: Yeah, good. no, I don't think. See, that see, everyone was going to try to make this into a, a big deal, I and mean, then that was right. one of the big highlights of, okay, there's going to cause there, this is going to cause so many issues in the locker room, right? Kids aren't stupid. You look at the NFL, who's on all the commercials making money? Right. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield. Right. It's, it's the receivers. It's the skill guys. It's a couple guys on defense. That, 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 that are, those are the positions that are going to make the money. Yeah. Guys know that. They're not, like I said, right. they're, they're not stupid. They're not living in a, in a, in a damn, you know, head, head in a, in the bushes. So, the smart quarterbacks are going to take care of their offensive linemen. You know, JT Daniels at, at Georgia, he's actually giving some of his money to his teammates. Quarterbacks are going to take their offensive linemen out to dinner. They're going to buy a yeah. gifts. They're going to buy a flat screen TVs. Like, they're going to take care of the big boys. So, mm-hmm. they're going to get theirs. They may not be getting all the money. They may not be getting on the commercials, but that's just the way it works. And, yeah. and these kids understand that.
0: No, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, the, the quarterbacks taking care of the. Line man, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, you're right on that point. All these big stars are the ones that are getting the spotlight mm-hmm. and making the dough. But uh, so in 2014, Aaron, you get drafted by Kansas City.
1: Real quick, why don't you? I mean, the guy threw more touchdowns than Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and Matt Staff, Stafford. That's yeah. a, it's a really good career. Um, oh my god. So, was that a goal of yours as a, as a quarterback at Georgia?
2: No, I mean, that just came with just playing for four years. Goal was always just to yep. go win games. I mean, that was a game. Go every right. week, just go win football games and, and help your team as much as you can. So, you know, when, when you start for four years, which a lot of these guys don't nowadays, they you know you either start as like a sophomore or junior or you only start one or two years and you, you move on to the NFL, or when you had the opportunity to play for four years with the talent that I had around me, uh, the, the numbers are going to come. So and I had a really good O. C. in Bobo. who's on the OC actually at Auburn. And we threw the ball around a bit had some great offenses. So it never was a goal, but you know, I it is cool to see back and, and see your, your your names along with guys like Peyton Manning.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That's a result of you giving it hundred and ten percent like you just said a little bit ago. And and I think that's akin to life, man. If you're out there doing something in life career wise, bust your ass, give it hundred and ten percent and you'll see the rewards without even you know, wishing for the rewards. You know what I mean? Oh okay. It's just what happened. But you, you did have uh Gurley on your, on your team here. I don't know how many years you played with him. Uh, what was that like playing with Todd?
2: Awesome. Uh, I had Todd for two years and Todd was a, um, Todd was a jokester, man. Todd, Todd was fun. Todd was <laughs> just so naturally gifted. You know, he didn't have to really do much. He, we'd be in the weight room and he'd be goofing off. I'm like, Todd, just do something, man. And he, He'd go put like 400 pounds on his back and do a couple squats. Like, are you happy? I'm like, yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah. So he, he was just that big of a stud and, and just really fun to be around, always having a good time. Um, really actually hated all the, the, the publicity and noise around him. I mean, we'd go out for drinks and, you know, he hated when people would come up and want to ask for autographs or pictures. He just wanted to be one of the boys hanging out. He just yep. wanted to be one of the boys
1: That's awesome. going Man. to
2: dinner, grabbing some drinks. Uh, just goofing off, and, and just really fun to be around. Everyone loved Todd, but like I said, man, the dude was, was freakish when it comes to his ability to just like lift weights and mm-hmm. run, and and obviously we all know what he could do on the football field as yeah, well.
0: Right? Oh my God, he was a specimen. So, getting back to my earlier question, you get drafted by Kansas City, and what was that feeling like? I mean, now you're you're in the NFL. Obviously, had to have some type of dream to get there. And you had a quite a lengthy career. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you spent, what, almost um, four seasons? Just three in the, years. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, got, I, I, had a, I had a cup of coffee, cup of coffee.
0: Yeah. Well, and then you you ended up playing uh, for the Tampa Bay Vipers recently, right? Within the last year or two.
2: Yeah. Played with you. So I had two years in Kansas City, one in Philly, which was awesome. Um, I loved my time at both places. I learned a lot from... Coach Reed and Alex Smith and, and being around those guys just just loved every moment. I obviously wish it was a little bit longer, but, um, you know, I, I, I cherished every single second. And then, you know, I had an opportunity to play in the XFL with the Tampa Bay Vipers. It hasn't been a year now. Uh, and that was going great, man. I thought that, that, that the whole uh, spring league with the XFL was done really well. I think fans were jumping in on it. And obviously COVID hit and, and – also, along with every league going on the spring and summer, completely shut down, which was unfortunate. And I do believe that XFL is making another go at it with, with the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, taking control here the next year or two. But uh, it was it was fun. I had a great time and, and kind of used my knowledge and, and you know I, somewhat expertise in offenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and taking my career to the uh, the booth now. And, and currently in my my fifth season season with, with CBS calling games.
0: You're what season 15th
2: Fifth. oh fifth yeah i was gonna say i thought 15th. you said 15
1: i was like bud you're still in college calling games
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know man of man of many talents there <laughs> i mean not only throw
1: the skin around you can commentate a game too so let's let's lead into the love of golf that you have um i know that you mentioned earlier You remember it's setting down uh in in atlanta georgia which I'm a logo snob and that's one of my favorite logos in golf is sitting down. It's a it's a rocking chair with a golf club leaning against it. I don't know if you ever see it saw it, but it's pretty cool. When did the love for the game of golf begin for you? Was it during college football? Because at, at University of Georgia, that's a golf school too. Mm-hmm. So
2: Oh, it is a golf school. Um Golly, no! I wish uh, so, so. Coach Hack, our, our golf coach at Georgia, every off season, he'd like, "Aaron, come get lessons. Come get lessons. I'll work with you." And I was like, "Coach Hack, I don't like. I don't even own clubs. He's like, no, I'm good. Like, I don't play golf." So, one of my many regrets in college, uh, I have a few of them, but that was one of them not taking him up uh, when he was trying to give me some lessons in the off season, which would have really helped my learning curve as I've tried to learn golf here the, over the last three years. Uh, but I would say probably you know a year or two out of the, uh, the uh, out of NFL you know because obviously the NFL season you're busiest Hector in the year, mm-hmm. off season you're training, so really not a lot of time to play. So once I was done playing, uh, I joined Ansley. You know we have the two courses uh, back in seventeen or 18, 2018 we joined, and that's kind of when I really began playing, and um, I've just been obsessed with it since and. Yeah. I always, I always joke with my wife. You know, we have a 15-month-old son. I was like, my our son is not playing football. He is going to be a country club boy. He'll be playing tennis and golf, and that's about right. it. So, that's right. uh, I already got him like some mini clubs that he obviously can't really use yet. But you know, you'll, my wife will walk me walk around the house, and she'll just catch me like in the mirror with his mini club just <laughs> working on my swing. You know, takeaway take away and
1: where the, the position of the club and everything. That's funny.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, I have to ask, since you were you you led the Georgia Bulldogs for four years, I mean, the odds of you uh, playing Augusta National now is probably pretty solid. So has that happened yet?
2: It is not. So between me being the former quarterback at Georgia and also working for CBS, I'm hoping that it's going to be uh, soon, sooner rather than later. I think it is going to be sooner rather than later. And oh, I, I think it. my golf game is at a point now where, I'm not gonna embarrass myself too much out there. So I'm I'm kinda looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. When you go week to week now commentating uh with CBS, are you able to take your clubs with you? I know you're in Houston now traveling, but or is it kinda no off limits?
2: No, I do. Trust me, I do. Um, you know, I I try to get most of my work done during the week. Um, you know, on my flight back on Sunday, then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday really load up. Uh, and then you know if i get an early enough flight out either thursday or friday morning uh, i'll try to get around in or at least go hit the range uh, so like this morning i landed in houston at 9 a.m and you know dropped myself off at the hotel and went to hit the range for about an hour and then i'm, I'm actually going to try to see if i can find a tea time tomorrow morning my night my game's at 6:30 at night so i got kind of all day all morning and I'm an early riser, so I might try to get like a seven seven thirty time. Well, Bud, uh, at least try to get night in.
1: We'll we'll take we'll get you hooked up for tomorrow morning at uh, in Houston. Bash, you should text Matt Marino to to him. Uh, Matt Marino was the head pro at Blue Jack National for a while. And uh, have you heard of Blue Jack National?
2: I have not. Oh my gosh, dude! It's a sweet spot.
1: Tiger Woods built it, Um, dude. This It's awesome. It it is it is an unbelievable experience at Blue Jack National. So Bash, you should
0: that would be great. I mean, I'll do that, but but you don't understand. But Houston is like eight times the size of Pittsburgh. So I mean Aaron might have to be
2: like one of the biggest cities in the US. I think it's like
0: top five. You could ride around on that road, whatever interstate it is, for four hours in a circle and never see all of Houston.
2: But like, yeah, I'm trying to help
1: really my man out did. here. Like, well, if, if you can't play Blue Drag National, Matt Marino right
2: now, <laughs> it's I think it's like an hour away from
1: okay. From well, well, either way, this Matt Marino will get you we'll down somewhere. Yeah, and We'll
2: you- get somewhere, we'll figure out somewhere. The game is getting good, boys. The game is getting there.
0: Well, I tell you what, if, if the more you play, the better it gets. I don't know if anybody told you that, <laughs> or worse. I don't know.
2: For it it was for worse about a month ago. It was actually getting worse, and then all of a sudden, it, it it's gotten better though.
0: Well, golf travels well, you know. So what I mean by that is, no matter where you go, you take your clubs. You know, obviously the course is different, but hey, you're working on your takeaway. You could work on your takeaway in Georgia, Florida, Texas. I'm sending you.
2: I'm sending you a video of my swings right now from the range this morning, and I don't know if it's going through because of. Uh, I'm on the phone right now, but I, you know, if there's tips or advice. Oh, we'll give it. Through, you guys can critique me right now. What are we doing? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing? Well,
0: okay, well, here it comes. I just I'm, got, I just got the text. Um, so I'm going to play this for Jonathan and I right now, Aaron. So, whoa. That's an athletic swing there, bud. So I that's watched, a good swing. So. so we watched your bottom swing and it looks like maybe a little bit. A little more knee flex, maybe. Uh, okay. On your setup? Yeah. On your setup. Yeah. yeah. We g-
1: so, th- honestly, the only thing that I would do, uh, and again, you can tell you, I'm not a professional here by any means, but I would probably move the ball back a hair so it's a little more in the middle of your stance on your irons, yeah. and a little knee bend. Almost, just a little knee bend. Not, it doesn't have to be exaggerated. Dude, but other than that, look, your at, that, swing, look at that triangle. Yeah.
0: That is perfect. Your swing plane is absolutely perfect on top. I mean your takeaway with your shoulder turn. Dude, your swing that's a really good swing.
1: Yeah. You just nice. strike it. Well, I
2: worked my butt off. So I'm hoping so. It's gonna it's gonna grind.
1: But that's honestly the the ball position, that is that's something for you too, Ryan, that Ryan mm-hmm. he works on a lot is you, you start creeping it up a little fo- farther forward in your stance, and all of a sudden the ball's in the front of your in front of your stance on an iron. Yeah. And uh no blame, bueno. but, but other than that, just so wait, make sure. So when
2: you're saying so when you're, say, when you're saying more knee flex, so, you, so you're saying at address when I'm getting right yes. up to the ball. Yes, your so right, right leg your, your, is dead it,
1: straight, and maybe that's from. Is did you was that your injury your right
2: leg? No, it's the left leg. So a little bit more knee bent. All right, on that right leg.
0: Funny. Yeah, yeah. I, just, right. I, I yeah, would just I can, say a little more knee knee flex. Your there. left leg's bent. It's the right yeah. leg that's dead straight. Yeah, but your setup looks good. Your little... setup's good, dude. Um, how about those OnCloud shoes? They're pretty good, huh? That's all Jonathan wears. <laughs> that's all I wear, bud. That's, I know.
2: That... I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to not get a dad bod right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on running a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. So I got to stay in shape because my wife is a workout fiend.
0: Got to keep up. So well,
2: I, I don't need her show me showing off, showing off when we go. I on love trips the, here. I know? love the
1: golf swing though, man. No, that's honest... an athletic golf swing, and that's yeah. that's. That's tough. That's tough for for an athlete of a different sport to have that athletic of a golf
2: swing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so so I always equate golf a little bit. I mean, there's, there's people always like, oh, why are quarterbacks and and pitchers usually pretty good at the go- at golf? You know, like they pick it up a little bit faster than most, and I, and and the motion, the body motion, is very similar for for a pitcher and a and a quarterback and a golfer in the sense of. You got to get loaded on the right leg. Mm-hmm. And, and then you generate. Everyone's like, oh, it's all about arm strength. It's really, I mean, your lower body is doing most of the work. It starts from the ground up. Oh, yeah. And you're dre- generating power from your feet to your glutes mm-hmm. to your torso. And then, you know, your arms really just holding the ball and directing where it goes. And it's the same thing with the golf swing. You load up, you're able to create power with the lower body. Mm-hmm. Uh, you create that disassociation between your, your lower half and your upper half. And then your upper half just, you know, just holding the golf club. So we've got the, the basics when it comes to the body motion. Obviously, the holding the club, putting the club in the right position, and the hands and all that stuff is, is a really big learning curve. But the initial loading, creating power, disassociation association is, is there for pitchers and, and, and quarterbacks to, to at least help mm-hmm. with the curve of learning the golf swing.
0: Yeah, that's 100% accurate. So
1: you're he's you're obviously very educated in the, the game of golf, which we appreciate and and it's awesome. What what is the strength of your game? let you you're in a member guest and you got one hole left to win the match. What did, club or do you want in your hand?
2: Driver. Um, yeah. I'm pretty good with the driver. Uh I've got a, significantly better with the short game, uh just around the greens. Putting's okay. It's really just my irons are just so hit or miss uh right now. Uh just not hitting them as solid and, and compressing it the way I want to. Mm-hmm. Um so I think to me that's uh the area I, I'm working on. I'm watching like a million YouTube, like when I'm on the road I watch like crap with of YouTube videos. <laughs> what the hell I'm doing wrong. Uh, just trying to keep my head still. My head moves yeah. a little bit too much you, you kind of put the boxer on the head and it goes side to side a little bit so i think if i can just keep that a little bit more still um and stay on top of the all ball with my irons which i'm working on right now kind of really compress it a little bit more than than, than some of these fat and thin shots i'm hitting yeah
0: yeah they talk about staying on top of the ball like with your shoulders when you're coming through your chest you know like not actually, you know, feeling like your wrists are snapping at the ball, you know, but just that your whole lower body and your upper body are in sync, turning left and that chest working over the ball, which helps to compress the golf ball. And that's, that's a hard move to, to work on. I, I've, I've been working on that move since I got back from a golf lesson uh, early in the summer. Uh, just being able to feel like I, I'm turning more left, but, you know, with a weaker grip, you can turn left, Feel like you're turning left, and the club face is square, um, so the ball's not going to go left. But that's how all these guys on tour. You look at Rory McElroy, you know Rom. Some of these J- Justin Thomas, Justin, for example, Justin
2: yeah, turns like crazy. But he, yeah, the weak grip, he's able to really get almost. I want the vision of those. You know, you're able to see both butt cheeks from from the down the line view. Yeah, you know, when kind of when you see me hit sometimes. I'm coming through, and it's almost like I'm facing the golf ball. Like you can start to see that left butt cheek a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's not full at impact, which you know causes me to be a little bit flippy at times with my hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, I will just uh, turn through the ball and let the body do some of the yep. work. So I just feel like I'm losing obviously distance because of that. Um, so that's something that I'm, I'm excited to keep working on because I already hit the ball decently well and, and, and decent yardage but you know once I get that down I feel like it's it's going to really jump my game and it obviously helps too with the accuracy oh, yeah. as well uh, of, of you know not missing so much right and left I'd be able to hit the ball that tight draw down the middle
0: so have you have you ever had a chance to play golf up here in Pennsylvania or West Virginia at all Aaron
2: I have not no mostly just like I never even really played people like oh there's some great courses and in Tampa and in Florida, you probably play. I'm like, dude, I, I didn't own a pair of clubs until about three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually have never really even been fitted for clubs. I One of my sideline reporters is, is Amanda Ballionis. And three oh. years ago, we were on the road. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I really want to get into golfing. My wife and I just showed this club. And she works for Callaway. So she goes, well, you know, I'll send you some clubs. Just post a couple of pictures about Callaway on your social media. And I was like, sweet. So she sent me clubs, but I've, I've you know, I think maybe that even may help my game too. Like I've never been properly fitted for clubs. Yeah, so no, you that, have to That also may take that to uh may help my swing a little bit more as well.
1: You have to get fitted for clubs there, Aaron. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's, that's, that's huge. I mean, for somebody like you too, with a driver, I mean, the shafts, I feel like the shafts make the biggest difference in everything. That's what a lot of people think in their wedges, they're supposed to have the same shafts that they're having in their irons. Well, for me, and in a lot of the PGA tour players that we've learned through, through a contact of ours is that you're actually using a lot softer shafts in your wedges because you're not swinging as hard. You're not taking full swings with your 60 degrees. So you're using an S 400 instead of an X 100, just stuff like that. When you go through that fitting process, yeah, it I makes feel is difference. so important. Mm-hmm, definitely. And the biggest thing that I think that you would notice is the putter. If you get fitted for a putter, yeah. because that's okay. the club that you use the most in a mm-hmm. round of golf they say average thirty six times two putts a uh, eighteen holes for Ryan. It's about twenty seven. He's one of the best putters yeah. I've ever seen. Mm,
2: uh, but teach me, please. Maybe, maybe I'll send you some videos of my putting stroke tomorrow and uh, yeah, do, do you it. give me some tips. I love, the, I'd love look.
1: But you, that that again, the the putter fitting is just because your toe might be too far up in the air. Or it's too flat. It, it's, there's so much that goes into it that you don't even realize.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I, I need I so my so I've been playing a lot this during COVID in the summer, so the goal was by my birthday, which is November, to go get uh, set a set of new clubs for myself as a little birthday gift.
0: Well, you're on track. You're only about two yeah. months away. So, there we now, go. So, you know, getting back briefly here uh, on the football talk, I mean, it is football season now, and uh, what are you thinking uh, for your old alma mater, the the Bulldogs? Looking like they came off a great win against Clemson, although Clemson looked like they were sleeping half the time, but is that trend going to continue you think for the rest of the year?
2: I do I love our defense. Our defense is going to be one of the best in the country and already is one of the best in the country. Uh, so defense is going to be strong. offense has, has a ways to go when it comes to just getting some reliable receivers that that's been really hindering our progress here the past couple of years of taking the next step, um, being more dynamic on offense. We just need we need guys on the outside. we got running backs. Offensive line will be fine. Uh, we have an injury at the guard position, but we got a, enough really good guys to, to fill in and, and make that unit strong. Uh, and the schedule lines up beautifully. Um, for those who don't know much about the SEC, the SEC West is strong. Alabama, as we know, is Alabama, plays mm-hmm. by far the best team in the country. A&M is a good football team. LSU is, is good. they got some, some issues. they got to work out the offensive and defense line, but they're a good team. Uh, Old Miss is tremendous uh, for those who watched them versus Louisville last week. A, one of the best offenses in the country, led by one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Mississippi State, I think, is a really good team too. Auburn's a good football team. The West is stacked. Yeah. Georgia on the East. Florida's down. They lost a ton. I, I don't think they're a very good team. Kentucky is is good. I think Kentucky's actually a good, but still not to Georgia talent wise. But other than that, that's it on the East. So you got to. A very favorable schedule when it comes to the East. And then the teams they play from the West this year are Arkansas, who is, is average uh, to mm-hmm. below average a little bit, and Auburn, who is probably like the fifth, you know, best team in the West. They don't have to play LSU. They don't have to play Alabama. Uh, they don't have to play Texas A&M. They don't have to play Ole Miss. So schedule-wise, lines up absolutely beautiful for Georgia. Mm-hmm. The question is when they face Alabama and Atlanta. Oh. I don't think – you know. right now, Alabama is better than anyone else in the country. You'd be crazy to – even Georgia fans, if you're a well-educated fan who knows football and watches football, you know Alabama is the best team in the country right now. The good thing is if you're undefeated and and you make that game competitive, you're still going to be in the playoffs. A 12-1 Georgia football team is going to be in the playoffs at the end of the day. So – the key is to win, you know, run the table here in the regular season, which they're going to be favored in every single game. They should win every single game if they show up, um, and make the game competitive in Atlanta. And then you'll get an opportunity to most likely play Alabama once again, either in the first round or in the championship. So, um, they're a great team. They're a top two or three team in the country. It's just Alabama so damn good that I, I just don't know if there's anyone right now that can beat those guys.
0: Well, Saban, I mean, he's he's an absolute guru. And granted, they get the best of the best, I feel. But um, you're absolutely right in that regard. I, I don't know if they if they can be beat. But what's your thoughts uh, briefly on Oklahoma and potentially Texas uh, joining the SEC?
2: I love it. it it's survival to finish, man. It, it's evolve or die. So those are two huge brands. Uh, I think Texas football right now with – Sarkeesian as the head coach. I'm, I'm looking forward to those guys really taking a step forward. They had a great win last weekend. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma has been super dominant here the past you know five-plus years. So two big brands to add to the SEC. It's, it's, it's great to see. And then obviously today the Big 12 announced that they've approved uh, four teams added to their conference. So they're going to stay alive. Uh, UCF, Houston, which I'm covering this weekend. Uh, Cincinnati and BYU, I believe, uh, will be added to that, to that conference. So it's, it's college football is changing, it's evolving. Mm-hmm. But right now, I mean, everyone's just trying to keep up with the SEC. They've obviously are uh, have been dominating. It's not just been football. I mean, look at baseball this year. Yeah. Top two teams in the country, SEC basketball. Most picks in the first, most picks in the first round this year in the NBA draft came from the SEC. Wow, very competitive. A lot better in basketball right now. They're moving in the right direction. Uh, and that was without even Kentucky being competitive this year, they were moving in the right direction as a, as a whole for this conference. So football, golf, we all know golf in the SEC is one of the best. Oh, yeah. Uh, softball, one of the best. Tennis, yeah. one of the, I mean, every single sport right now in the SEC. Shoot, women's volleyball oh. won this year, um, which has never happened before in the SEC. So everyone's trying to play catch up, and now you add Oklahoma and Texas into the fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just continue to separate themselves.
0: Yeah, we don't have that problem up here in the Northeast. Pitt, Pitt's awful, and I'm a West Virginia fan. What, why don't you back down? Pitt's
2: not bad. And Pitt has like, a good game versus what? Well, Mississippi State this weekend, right? Well, or Tennessee? I'm not a Pitt fan, They're a so Tennessee. say that. At Tennessee. They'll beat Tennessee, but Tennessee's trash this year, so don't get too excited about that.
0: My Mountaineers are in the Big 12, which I don't think we have any business being in a Big 12 from a football perspective. I mean, maybe from a monetary, but... Uh, so, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out because there are some rumors that TCU is leaving the Big 12. WVU may go to the ACC. So, I don't know. It'll be back interesting. In
2: backyard brawl.
0: Yeah. Back, boys. That's right.
2: We'll make it easier for travel. So oh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, the Big 12 was pushing and trying to stay alive. That's why they had those four teams. But those four teams aren't Texas and Oklahoma. Like, right. they're not going to bring the same value. So that's a lot of money lost for those oh. schools that I don't know if you want I still know that the schools are that are still left behind want to stay a part of the Big 12 just it's it's it's, it's not even close to what it was before
0: yeah no it's uh, it's an ever-changing landscape and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it how it plays out but we're gonna transition this over to the last section uh, of our our last section last segment see I'm saying sections like we're talking about the uh, college football teams but Last segment of the show, Aaron, which is called our tap-in segment. And Jonathan will ask you uh, four questions that will, you know, require your quick-witted response, so I'll let him take over right, from Aaron. here. Lowest round of golf, and where was
2: it? Lowest round of golf was a 78 at Cuxwilla there at Lake Oconee, um, Greensboro, Georgia.
0: Okay. My man, breaking 80. We
2: Yeah, we're getting there. We had a, a buddy... Times
0: break 80 once in his life. He shot 79. So we said we were going to come out with a t-shirt that said 79 career low.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your on-course
1: drink.
2: Uh, My on-course drink would be a, why am I drawing a blank? It's not a White Claw. It's those new vodka mixed drink. High, high Noon. High Noon, baby. I'm a High Noon fan. I crush them High Noon. The <laughs> <course>. <laughs> They're
0: great.
1: All right, best college game day atmosphere, and don't tell me Georgia. We know that's one of the best. <laughs> Somewhere uh,
2: else. I would say I would say LSU, Baton Rouge. The, the food's amazing, the fans are crazy, and it's just a uh, wild, wild time with those Cajuns.
1: All right, and, and the last, most important question, what's in the golf bag? What are you using?
2: Uh, Callaway, just because, like I said, uh, Amanda hooked me up. She's working with Callaway, so... Gotta get my fitting to see if I uh, am a cowboy man or something else. So, I don't know.
0: Well, we we got to follow up with you on that story. Uh, maybe do, we'll do a part two segment after you get fitted up and after your birthday and see how the game's playing next year. We'll mosey, I'm up to betting already. I think, uh, it, I think
2: golf. it has to get better, man. Once I get clubs that fit me, it should. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a mid to low '80s guy now. I've gotten to '70s three times, so and that's with clubs that really don't fit. So hopefully that that Gets me a little bit more in the consistent high seventies, low eighties.
0: Yeah, no, I think that would be the. I think that would be the right ticket for you. But no, we definitely want to link up with you, uh, get you up here. I know right now is not the time, but uh, potentially early next year. Um, you know, we'll keep 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 in touch and see if we can link up and play some golf. Let's
2: do it, man. Let's go. Go. Just don't embarrass me too bad on the course.
0: No, we'll we'll have high noons on ice for you.
2: Okay. Well, if, if, we're gonna, if you're gonna embarrass me, at least. Feed me and then we can
0: have a, <laughs> a
1: football throwing contest after, so you can embarrass us. There we go. There we
2: go. Thanks for keeping me up. I just want to be good enough so my son's not embarrassed to play with me one day.
0: That's <laughs> cool. Well, you're on the right track, Aaron. Thank you again, bud. Hey, I appreciate Aaron. you
2: guys. Have a great weekend.
0: Hey, man. Thanks so much. Enjoy your weekend, and send me the, uh, that video of you putting.
2: I will. Mm-hmm.
0: But I'd love to see you throw a fucking football. I,
1: I would. No, you don't want to. I mean, um, can you? I have even, a little bit of a weak arm, right arm. I'm a righty, a little weak. I don't get the elbow where it, need, it needs to be. There's no power, all right? Right. <laughs> There's no power. I right mean, Bud, me. can you even see over the line to throw? You're making fun of my arm, but, but I, you can't even see.
0: Alright, but I played one year of football, okay, in midget league and my pants fell down and you heard that story. So no, I couldn't see over the line. And I'm not a football I'm not built for the football right, game, So but don't I come love at it. Me. So I just bet on it. There we go. But, but how
1: it. awesome is uh, how mm-hmm. cool is it to hear his story at the University of Georgia, you know Florida mm-hmm. wanted him, everybody wanted him. He goes to Georgia, kinda Not knowing if he's going to really play because they had a stud already at quarterback then. Yeah. And he ends up playing with Todd Gurley.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So cool. Good stuff, man. But
1: That's like you and I on the same line on the hockey team. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, I played with Ryan
0: Bashour. Yeah. Our names are hanging up somewhere there over at the Ice Gardens. But anyways, that was a great episode, guys. We hope you all enjoyed that one. And... I think uh, our next episode, we're going to turn it back over to the golf world with the director of golf at Nemecolon, Kelly O'Donnell. And he personally worked with Mr. Ben Hogan. Henny Bogan. Henny Bogan.
1: But if you guys don't know that story, it's Ben Hogan, but he always signed as a joke, Henny Bogan. <laughs> Anyways, the stories are awesome. And again, Ben Hogan for me was it is my all-time favorite golfer. Uh, love that guy. I mean, the power that he had back in the 40s and 50s. I mean, he was hitting a 270 with wooden clubs uh-huh. and and the ball, the different ball. So, I mean, you think about then and now, he was a strong player. Um, they called him the Ice Man for a reason. Didn't really let down his guard too much for people. But the stories that Kelly are going to tell, I don't think you're going to hear too often. And it's really cool that he worked hand-in-hand with Mr. Hogan, and mm-hmm. he's running the show at Nemecolon, which again, this past weekend, Nemecolon absolutely put a show on for the boys knocked and it the uh, knocked it out of the park. And um, so, thank you very much to Nemecolon. Go check him out at nemecolon.com. And we will see you in two weeks for Kelly O'Donnell.
0: Some great Ben Hogan stories. Great yep. Hogan stories. So, for the golf enthusiasts out there listening right now, you're going to want to tune in just to hear these Hogan stories. So, thank y'all for listening to another episode of Chasing Birdies. And thank you to Simpler Media and Evo and his team for putting this together. And Rachel London for all her social media help. And our boys down there at Bubble Up in good old Nashville, Tennessee. We thank y'all too. So, everybody have a good day today. Chasing.